0: Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Blue-White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. A lot going on this week in the recruiting universe. It's getting to be crunch time for any class of 2022 Players who have not yet picked a school, we're going to talk about one of those guys in a planned trip to Penn State a little bit later in this show, but before that, obviously January is synonymous with junior days, and Penn State has now had two of them, just recently wrapped one up over the weekend. Uh, No commitments yet for the Nittany Lions in this month of January, but obviously a lot of good visits so far. Ryan, what's your main takeaway uh, as we kick off this week's episode from the junior day that just wrapped up, which also included, of course, a transfer that we're going to talk about as well.
1: Yeah, Um well, a junior day. It, it wasn't like it was on the 15th and, and um, not as deep as what I'm expecting on the 29th. We'll, we'll finish this podcast talking about the upcoming junior day. Yeah. Uh, what, what do we have here? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, four-star players and a, and a handful of others who also hold scholarship offers. Uh, you know, I think when you look at the top prospect, I mean, the top prospect was definitely Neo Avery, who's, of course, already committed. Uh, was it? Would, would you say Anthony Brown was maybe the the top uh, uncommitted prospect? I mean, you could you could throw Kenny Johnson in there. Yep. Uh, you know, Eric Gardner, I think Penn State has a lot of interest in. I, I think they yeah. just want to see how he grows a little bit. You know, we right. have him at foot two forty, so just just kind of curious to see. I mean, they they think he'd be a defensive tackle, so that's something to watch. Uh, Michael Kilbane actually had a really good talk with uh, out of St. Edwards, Lakewood, Ohio. Uh, we have him at six three and a half, two fifty five. Uh, he was actually at a wrestling tournament outside of Wilkes Barre, and then hit Penn State on the way back, and they and they offered him. I actually saw Kilbane play against Drew Aller uh, in the what uh, uh, the regional final, or whatever mm-hmm. whatever it was it was it was Aller's final game. He had I think two sacks on Aller that night and a handful of hurries. He was a pretty solid player. I knew at the time he had some Mac offers. Uh, I wish I, I wish I would have watched him honestly a little closer. I didn't know uh, he, he was on Penn State's caliber uh, at the time, but yeah, I, I would say just a solid junior day. Out of the three, this was probably the the, the smallest crowd when it comes to those elite prospects. Matthias Barnwell, of course, committed. Neo Avery, of course, committed. Um, and then you have guys like D. Creighton, Anthony Brown, Kenny Johnson coming up. Uh, Eric Gardner, all guys. Uh, Ronan Hannafin, too. I should mention uh, out of out of Cambridge, Mass. All guys that I think um, you know. One or two of them could emerge down the road as, as somebody maybe Penn State really pushes for. But but out of those guys, there's nobody that I think, you know, Penn State is going all out for at the moment. So I, I think that's a good way to put it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important to remember, too, that you're going to have every Junior Day can't be the world's best, most amazing <laughs> list of prospects because everybody else is trying to host kids on these three uh, particular weekends that they can. Uh, in addition to 2022, guys, some schools dealing with that more than others. But, yeah, a solid group. A couple offers went out that we'll, have, we'll be able to track down the road. Uh, we were able to catch up with a couple of guys. Anthony Brown was interesting to me, a guy for, committed to Minnesota, uh, took a visit to Penn State, and he's, a, he's small. I mean, he's on the smaller side, there's no question. Uh, he, I think he thinks it, he envisions like a K.J. Hamler type role and type career path for him uh, and Penn State could of course sell that to him so we'll see what happens there as of this moment in time January 25th about lunchtime he is still committed to the Gophers um, but Penn State has interest there so yeah you're right not exactly uh, is star studded as the one before it or the one coming after it but still all things considered we're seeing the benefit for Penn State getting guys on campus getting them around the coaches giving a chance to sit down and talk face to face which of course wasn't possible last year plus you have James Franklin and his staff making home visits with guys who are already on campus since they weren't able to do that as well so it's a busy time of year for these guys flying all over the country uh, and you take what you can get out of these junior days and hope that it builds for the future
1: couple other guys I want to mention real quick. Cole Serber was an interesting offensive lineman I was looking at. We had him originally at, like, 6'5", 265, which, uh, you know, that sounds like a tackle. I think I mentioned with T. Frank the other day, like, hey, look, it'll come back and he'll be, like, 6'4". And, of course, he was (laughs) 6'4", which I thought was kind of funny, Um, you know, after I got a little more of an accurate measurement on him. Not that, uh, you know, he's definitely uh, somebody to keep an eye on. I think think he could definitely get an offer down the road. I know his junior day went well. Penn State seems to really like him, um, you know, both as a player and off the field. Uh, but to, to me, I, I was looking at him as maybe a tackle, and then I got back 6'4", 280. That, that screams more so of an interior guy. Austin Ramsey, too, uh, was another offensive uh, lineman on campus from Roman Catholic in Philadelphia. We have him at to three 365, uh, which is a little bit bigger than Penn State usually um you know, uh, their target, I guess you would say, for interior guys. Uh I think he's going somebody that they want to camp this year. And that, that's really I actually probably the good way to look at a lot of these guys. I mean to yeah. me, Austin Ramsey will probably be asked to come camp. Uh, I'm not sure really sure about Anthony Brown. I'd have to get a better feel for that. Uh Kenny Johnson, I'm torn on that one. I I could see them wanting him to camp to get an accurate measurement uh, for his speed, because that's kind of the one thing everybody's been asking about. But a lot of the other things are there. So, you know, would would is Penn State going all out for him at the moment? I I do think there were probably a handful of guys definitely ahead of him. But with him being you know Dallas Town, with him being up here as many times as he uh, as he has, uh, I definitely think he's a player who could be part of this class down the road. So same with kind of Eric Gardner. You know, they want to move him. Maybe more of a defensive tackle. Another guy I could see them wanting to, to come camp. Um, and just one other play I wanted to mention was Sean Williams, that wide receiver at his St. Saint, Saint John's College High. He hasn't gotten a, uh, an offer from Penn State yet, but uh, pretty pretty solid a little offer list he has going on here. At in Boston College, Duke, Pitt, Rutgers. I mean, he's starting to kind of take off a little bit. I think he added uh, just like two or three offers since visiting Penn State as well. So I think he's, he could be another player down the road that we're talking about.
0: Do you think we're gonna see more than maybe in normal cycles more guys having to camp at either Penn State or at schools across the country because of just how weird the last two years have been, or have we normalized out here a little bit and it's going to kind of be about the same as it always has been?
1: I think Penn State always wants everyone to camp, right? Yeah, they'll they want Nicholas Harbor to camp, you know, if they if they can. Uh, it's just more so who yeah. who. Wants we'll to see camp. if that happens,
0: right? Yeah, we'll yeah. see if that happens. Yeah. That yeah. might it's be Harvard. a long shot.
1: We'll talk about him in a minute, but, uh, I, 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 think, look, they, they're, they're, ne- they're going to talk to every one of these guys about, Hey, if you want to come up, you know, we'd love to work with you. And, 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 you know, that's why we also see guys like Nick Singleton come camp, right? Like Nick Singleton doesn't have to camp, but he wants to work with them wants to get a better feel for right. him. Uh, so that's why you always see those, uh, you know, two dozen or so superstars come camp when you really, you know, they don't need to. And a lot of those guys are always kind of committed by that time too, I should say. But, uh, i think we'll just kind of see something normal right uh they're, they're gonna want a lot of guys to camp uh I, you know I, excuse me one other thing i would add too is what happens with the unofficial visit but can have a private workout because that's something i know penn state staff would love to see added i'm sure division one coaches all across the country right uh, will love for that to continue and of course that would impact the the 2023 class this year so if the ncaa is able to you know, make a smart decision. I know everybody laughed. laughs, uh, but if they can make a, a
0: smart move
1: uh, and and, yeah. and extend that and make that a permanent thing, uh, it'll have a big impact on the amount of guys they are able to to at least work out in person.
0: Yeah, keep in mind that Sandy Barber's the, I believe, chair now of the Football Oversight Committee. James Franklin's on the board of the American Football Coaches Association. So we know what at least one priority item Penn State will have for yeah. uh, to push for here over the next couple of weeks and months.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, man. I, and I think that's a great thing for James to be on the AFCA board because he I, I just I know he has a lot of kind of I don't want to say progressive ideas, but uh he's 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 been around long enough to to understand some of the some of the challenges. And I'm not saying, you know, some of the other coaches don't, but um it, it, I know that's that's something that will take up time. Not a lot of time, don't be wrong, they're not meeting regularly or anything like that. But um I know that's something that, that he's happy to be on and, and I think he really wanted to be on that board to to get his opinion out there more.
0: Absolutely. Uh, well, this is the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. We're moving on now to everyone, and this is going to be a topic for both of the two organizations we've talked about here in the last couple of minutes, but the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Hunter Norzad, the uh, Cornell offensive lineman, was able to make it to campus over the weekend. Penn State is now in full court press mode on him. They really think he's a guy that can be a difference maker in 2022, but there's a lot of schools fighting to land him and at least one that maybe has a little bit better offensive line pedigree, I would say, than what Penn State has over the last few years. But I think Penn State probably has a little bit more to sell in that regard than uh, than maybe they get credit for. But what's the latest there? Obviously, I I think the first thing we have to note is Penn State, because we were asked this on our Lions Dead message board this morning. uh, Penn State has started classes already. And if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Hunter Norzad doesn't graduate from Cornell in the spring. So no. if you're thinking at this point. No, he does. That when He does yeah.
1: graduate. And, well, he will, but yeah, he'll be able to join in May. Excuse me. Yeah.
0: Right. But yeah, so the point being, though, is that if you're thinking a, a decision might come soon and these guys will make it here for spring practice, that is not going to be the case. So with that caveat out of the way, where does Penn State stand at this point? And I guess has your outlook in terms of the chances Penn State has to land him. Have they changed appreciably at all over the last couple of weeks?
1: Not a ton. I mean, I've been thinking for a while this is an Iowa-Penn State race, and I still do believe that. Uh, I will say that, um, you know, people don't want to rule out Indiana, or Illinois, excuse me, uh, and I don't either. But when I really have pushed people and I've said, like, it's just an Illinois-Penn State-Iowa race, the majority of people I, I talk to really think it's Penn State and Iowa, but I don't want to rule out Indiana. So let's keep in the Illinois. I keep saying Indiana. I'll say it again. Illinois. Excuse me. Illinois. We haven't <laughs> talked about Illinois much in recent years, right? Why uh, would we? Know. Yes. We, we did this past season a little bit. But anyway, uh, yeah. so the other two. And, now, and up,
0: now, is this the part of the, the podcast where we talk about overtime reports? Overtime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, I'm
1: getting text at the moment. Sorry if you heard that ping there for a second. But um, okay, so yeah. Auburn and Virginia Tech. Uh, we're also in the mix, and he did go take an official visit to Auburn. I'm really, I'm being told that they're not really uh, in, in the mix all that much now. And Virginia Tech was expected to get him in for a midweek visit, which was pretty much I think starting make uh, Wednesday or maybe actually Tuesday. It was either way, it was going to start here in the next day or two. I'm being told that's not happening. So the last visit will be Iowa, and Iowa has been considered the favorite for a while now. So that'll be interesting to see uh, how that works out. Uh, he was hosted by, I really spent a lot of time with Sean Clifford and Juice Scruggs. I was told that went well. Uh, and Phil Troutwine is, is meeting with him and his family today uh, in, in Atlanta, um, you know, on, on Tuesday, January 25th. So they're, they're going all out. Of course, Franklin did his in-home visit with them last weekend, told the visit went well, but you know, without really getting to talk to Hunter, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to, to get a real feel for, um, you know, truly where Penn State stands in, in that, in that hierarchy, but To me, I think it's going to be a Penn State-Iowa battle, but I I can't rule out the Illini.
0: So one other thing that's important to note here is that a lot of the guys in the transfer portal, they don't – necessarily see the value or the benefit of doing interviews like high school kids do in a lot of cases like so Mitchell Tinsley was great right the current Penn State receiver who committed on Christmas Eve um but you know when I was talking to him about it he was so nonchalant it was one of the more interesting interactions I've had he was just like yeah I'm going to Penn State and if you want to announce it you're more than welcome to thinking (laughs) thinking buddy it's your announcement have at it but you know and but you would not in almost no case would you get a high school recruit that has that same mindset and I think it really illustrates kind of the difference between going through the recruiting process the first time and maybe what's important and then going through it a second time and maybe what's important and for a lot of these guys you know that so you sit here and say how in the world would Illinois be an option well maybe you think Bryce Beal was the best person to get him to the NFL and maybe that's all that matters I mean you know it you can maybe try and say, okay, you go to Illinois and win a championship. I don't know how you could say I'm not really sure how you could say that with a straight face. Um, and obviously the Illinois fans will say, well, Penn State, you know, they lost to Illinois nine overtimes, blah, blah, blah. We won't go too far down that path. But at any rate, um, certainly I think it's it goes without saying, and there is simply no question that the way that the first recruitment goes and the way these portal recruitments go are pretty much two entirely different things.
1: I mean, this one's like a six, you know, maybe like a two month process. But many of them are like a three week process, and
0: that.
1: And it's Franklin, yeah, exactly. And Franklin has hit on in the past. I mean, a good chunk of these guys. I I would love to know the percentage. I I would estimate like thirty percent of them maybe uh, already know where they're going when they get in there. So
0: I would say at least
1: fifty. It feels like. Um, Yeah. Now, I
0: guess I guess the the one problem there with my numbers. Go ahead.
1: It's just have to say, I mean, I've tried to ask yeah. this question and every, everybody's like, dude,
0: I, I really don't know. So I'm just throwing 30 out my ass if I'm being right. honest. But, uh, well, I, I mean, my but, thought process would be that there's so many guys in the portal that don't ever end up anywhere that you're probably right about 30%. But I would mm-hmm. say of the ones who do commit elsewhere, if you just make it that pool. Man, I would say it's probably in that fifty to sixty percent range. It just seems okay. like seems like there's more cases like Noah Cain going to LSU, like eighteen hours after he went in the portal. Which <laughs> Brian Kelly might be fast. One. He's not that fast. Um, that was a quick one. That was quicker yeah. than most of them. I, I still think a lot of those guys
1: know kind of where they're going, but I haven't seen too many that were like within right. twenty four hours. At least I don't. I, I, maybe you have. I have
0: Uh, No. So that was one of the I mean, there's been a couple that have been in that ballpark, but that was by far one of the quicker ones I can recall uh, since the transfer portal went into this uh, new age, so to speak, a few years ago. Mm -hmm.
1: One thing I want to add here too with Hunter is that like, okay, he has a Cornell degree. Yes, he's a very smart uh, student and, you know, academics are important. I'm not trying to uh, undermine any of that, but he's he's going to a division one
0: school to get to the NFL. Like right. that's what the crux that's of this like, is. That's every recruit. Right. Every transfer guy. Yes. Right.
1: I mean, I've seen a lot of people just like on our message board asking about uh, academics and like, oh, what's he gonna study? You know, he went to Cornell. So like obviously that's yeah, really important. It doesn't matter. I don't really think that's really important here. I, I think he's coming here, he's got his he's got his uh undergrad degree, you know, already you know, in, in a good spot from a place like Cornell. I mean, he, he's looking at this as a one-year tryout to really try and get to the NFL. And of course, uh, you know, whatever he studies will we'll help him towards a master's degree as well. But uh, so, and that's that's why I'm curious to see how Iowa plays out here too, because obviously, I think out of those three schools, uh, they, they are the best uh, when, when it comes to getting guys to the NFL. So,
0: only time will tell. No question. Well, again, you know, if you're thinking that he's going to take a couple of trips here and then decide, it just it could play out that way, but again, he just doesn't have to rush this process at all. No. And, you know, he still has to graduate from Cornell before he ends up anywhere. So, one final transfer walk on, uh, transfer note with a walk on. Jake Spencer, Colgate receiver, is coming to Penn State, he announced on Monday. We'll see what they do with him. Three catches, 14 yards, 20 kick returns uh, during his time in 2021 at the Patriot League School. Uh, Penn state seems to think they can get some kind of use out of him. We're not terribly sure, uh, what that is at this point, but you know, I think the obvious thing that people are going to gravitate to, even though they have no idea if he's ever done it before is, well, could he replace Drew Hartlop? Could he replace AJ Litton as a gunner on Penn mm-hmm. state's punt teams? Obviously those are needed, so we'll see, but they certainly seem to have a plan for him. It is important to note though. It's a walk on, not a scholarship guy.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I haven't watched it really much of Jake. I'm I can sit here and talk and say the same things you have. No disrespect to Jake, but I, I just I don't I, I don't really know what to say about him. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: Well, let's move on then on the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast is something you do know more about. First, though, we'll tell you about our website. Of course, you know you follow us, but maybe you don't. Maybe you're just finding this on the Apple Store or YouTube. Maybe you've listened to T. Frank and don't know how to get to the site. You can see it right at the bottom of the video there underneath our faces, which is probably a better place to focus during the video portion of these podcasts. Anyway, but bluewhiteillustrated.com, $1 for one year of access if you visit us on our homepage You're going to look at it right there on the video version of this. One year for $1. It's right at the top of the screen. You can't miss it. You'll get access to all the new Penn State information as it happens. Insider video breakdowns from T. Frank. uh, Updates from Nate Bauer, David Eckert, Ryan and I of course. And you're going to learn uh, from our ON3 national team about NIL. About the new ON300 rankings which just were finalized for the class of 2022. So... Join us. Thank you for uh, listening to the promotional spiel there, bluewhiteillustrated.com. And, uh, you know, we hope to see you over there. Well, you can reach out to us on social media if you have any. Uh, if you get Ryan gets another text? Uh, if you have any, if you have any questions about how to sign up, okay. Moving on here, uh, Penn State. Hey, let's is, talk about the
1: on three hundred rankings real quick. Let's. That's uh, it's,
0: it's where we were going next. Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure we're, we were getting that in here because, uh, of course, Denard Dennis Sutton uh, just became a five star player uh, yep. for on three and. Uh, he really deserved it, man. And, of course, you know, we, I was always – we were at Rivals, of course. He was a five-star, and, you know, we, we were always pretty high on him. But uh, I really just kind of wanted to see how a season would go. And that's what Charles and our guys were, were wondering as well. And, of course, then he – brains his or breaks his elbow and you know everything gets off to a slow start and then of course right. uh, he really takes it from there and and you know has it has a great second half of the season with uh uh seven what was it seven sacks and seven games i believe it was something like that uh, 40 yep. tackles he, he did well so happy for deny he, he's really earned it and uh, i'll be curious to see what 247 does here soon i mean i i could see him being a five star at all three sites uh, I, I believe 247 will announce uh, his situation here um I think pretty soon. I believe they're doing their updates. Uh, yeah, it, it.
0: so we're, we're in the crunch here where uh, Rivals 247, On3, ESPN will all be releasing their final rankings. And so that's going to change the way the On3 consensus team rankings look, the way the On3 yeah. consensus player rankings look. So keep an eye <laughs> on that as you hear us talk about these things throughout the year, but especially at this time of year. Everything is subject to change because if a guy is, you know, a five star at one uh, recruiting service but drops to a four star or vice versa, things are going to get shuffled around. Maybe not in any great way, maybe by just a couple of points, but things can change pretty quickly. I do think that Deny Dennis Sutton, though, is in the conversation to be an on three, five star plus player, which is, of course. Well, all- does he, is ESPN he in that? In the five star plus? I think yes. they are. Yes. So I don't, we have no
1: idea what, dude. Why is, why is my, everybody keeps blowing me up here. I thought I turned my messages off. Sorry guys. Uh, But anyway, yeah, I, I, if ESPN makes him uh, a five-star plus player, that, that would be um, that, that would make him a five-star plus, but that's the one thing we still have to uh, figure it out. So we will see.
0: All right. Well, the on 300 is now live. Any thoughts, any surprises that you had from that before we move along here? I mean, seven guys move up, a couple move down, but I don't really view the guys who moved down as any great shock uh, or anything to be worried about just the way it kind of uh, just the way it kind of worked out. But any surprises on what the uh, the rankings ended up being for the final on three 300 and before I kick it to you. I will read what those rankings are if I can pull them up, which is uh, not great podcasting, not great videoing, but that's okay. (laughs) Hang with us here. Uh, Let's see. The list was led by Drew Aller, of course, five star quarterback at number seven, running back Nick Singleton, number 16, Deny Dennis Sutton, number 20. Abdul Carter, number 128. He's the start of the four stars for Penn State in the on 300. uh, Running back, Katron Allen's 151. KJ Winston's 210. Kaden Saunders is 223. Uh, Drew Shelton, 248. Cam Miller, 251. No,
1: not really. I mean, I I don't really know the move behind Cam in that situation. And I'd be be a little curious to see – or I learned more about that. But, I mean, the guys all moving up makes sense, right? Catron Allen was excellent at, at the Under Armour game. Uh, of course, you know, Drew Shelton was he, – he, he's one of the guys who moved down. I mean, there was kind of mixed reviews on um, just how much – much they saw from drew i guess you know he, he was the second team guy uh for, for the under armor game and you know there were some people that that kind of had just mixed reviews on uh physically whether he's ready to contribute and i think that was something we really learned is i, I don't i don't see uh, drew really coming here and here uh and, and contributing right away so that that'll be something to keep an eye on and, th- and him and cam are the only two that moved down but having seven guys move up of course kj winston uh, had a huge jump abdul quarter had a huge jump and those are guys i was pushing for for a long time now i mean kj winston absolutely earned everything that was given to him uh, over the past couple months, you know, becoming of course the, uh, what was it, the Metro was it all Metro for, from the Washington yeah. Post I believe it is. Yep. I mean, yep. That's that's just a huge honor for him. I'm really happy for KJ. He 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 earned it, man. I mean, he was the absolute superstar uh, for the math and when I watched them this year. And of course, Abdul Carter just has those freak numbers that we've talked about so many times. Uh, running a four five at 230 plus pounds and uh, was a four four shuttle too. I mean, those physicality or the, those those physical numbers are just so impressive for someone his size. And uh, that's why I think Penn State will really try to find ways to get him in the mix, whether it's Special teams or wherever as uh, soon as they can.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. So Penn State finishes uh, at this very second with a top 10 class of 2022. Uh, in the on three team, consen- or on three consensus team rankings, rather, at this uh, second as we talk, it's 12 15 on Tuesday, and they still sit at number seven. So uh, just keep in mind, even though the four star and five star rankings look one way on on three and the on 300, uh, the consensus team rankings run off of the consensus player rankings. So <laughs> it may not always match identically, both at Penn State and elsewhere, when it says in the team rankings, Penn State has one four star but you then sit there and say well nick singleton and deny dennis sutner five stars that's according to on three if that changes across the board in the consensus then you'll see it updated in the team rankings as well
1: this week too everything's gonna be so shuffled for the next like four days so just kind of be aware that if you go on it right now you see one five star player for penn state Uh, and of course nick singleton was always you know was been a five star for the last couple months well uh, rivals kind of shifted their five stars around a little bit that bumped him down a couple spots. And now he is literally the number one ranked four-star player in the country. I I think we'll see rivals move him up, um, from where he currently was in their ratings and that will bump him back into five-star status. And then with deny, of course, of course, Drew Aller is, is the one guy who remains a five-star in the consensus. Um, but then with deny, like I said, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if 247 makes him a five-star player that would make him a five-star at all three sites. Uh, and I don't see any, any way why he, he, he shouldn't be, uh, a five-star in the consensus. So it should be three five-star players for Penn State when it's all said and done. I think that would make it 12 four-stars and nine three-stars. And um, at the end of the day, that's a hell of a class.
0: No question about it. Well, remember, the on-three consensus team rankings are the only one out there that wait all sites equally, so check that out, on3.com. You can filter to the Football Recruiting tab, click on Team Rankings, and you'll see where the Lions stand both now and in the future. All right, we're coming down the home stretch of this edition of the Blue-White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast, and we have probably taken too long, Ryan, to talk about Nick Harbour. He's a five-star nation's number 13 player, according to the On3 Consensus. We have him at On3 inside of the top 10 overall. Top edge rusher, obviously one of the best players in the Mid-Atlantic. He just did something ridiculous on the track, <laughs> and uh, yep. it's worth talking about today. He also just caught up with uh, one of on three's writers to our big story about where uh, Penn State and where some other schools stand with him, but what's the latest on him? Where does Penn State stand in this race? And I'm going to put 20- that those highlights on now because yeah. they're just a, fun to watch. He ran a 2079,
1: uh, which is just insane. I mean, it's the fourth best time ever for a high school um athlete uh in in the the 200. 200. yeah in the 200. so of course it's indoor uh I'm not sure if that fourth best time is just for indoor if it's if it's nationally including outdoor as well but uh 2079 is just incredibly impressive and again he's 6'5 235. Uh, I've said for a while guys I mean this this guy is a a gem you know he's a he's a diamond you whatever you want to call him but uh this is an incredibly special athlete I mean there's part of me that still thinks I would really like to watch him in the olympics someday so like there's part of me that kind of thinks like you know that that should be the way he goes but all indications are that he wants to play football every time i ask penn state sources about him that's what they say and then you know everything we've seen from him you know publicly as well is, is that that's where he wants to play so i am thinking that he's going to be up here this weekend uh they I've heard a little bit of mixed things on it, but uh, I know right now Penn State's expecting him to be on campus, which would just be awesome. Of course, his sister graduated from Penn State. I did a story about that um, a couple months ago. And, you know, Penn State's been in the mix for for a long time. What I'm really curious to see, of course, is how much track influences his college decision because he will absolutely continue to run track as he should. Uh, Penn State's track and field is good, but they are not what you have uh, down south in, in the SEC and, you know, some of those Massive schools like to Texas and and Oklahoma and um, you know if you if you're an elite sprinter like he clearly is uh, usually you're you're competing down south somewhere so how much that impacts his decision uh, only time will tell but uh, you know he's definitely high on Penn State he told Billy Emboddy this week home away from home and referring to Penn State uh, so so my dad loves that school you know he loves Coach Howe and and all the coaches there you know he has a great relationship with with every coach there and uh, it's like a second home. So that, that's a great sign, of course, hearing that from Harbor. And uh, now if he makes it back up uh, this weekend, that'll be a great sign as well. But uh, this is a recruitment that I expect to drag out for a while because not only is he trying to figure out what college, but you know, there, there still is a little bit of thought there of, you know, maybe he should go professionally with track.
0: Well, and keep in mind as well that, you know, and this this is not just, you know, it's not just a track thing, but you have an indoor track season, an outdoor track season, and then a football season does not leave a whole lot of months on the calendar for college football visits or college track and field visits. So I do think that for that part of that reason, that things could slow down and not maybe. Go as quickly as you would expect in a recruitment like this, too, is because I think he's going to have to really try and maneuver his schedule to make visits work. But super player, obviously a just absurd athlete, a guy who is going to be in a conversation to be ranked among the top players in the class of 2023. And as you mentioned, Penn State certainly seems to have an in with him, obviously, with his sister going to Penn State. But, you know, time will tell if they can close the deal on this one. Everyone's going to want this guy when all is said and done.
1: Yeah, last year that national meet where he ran uh, out in Oregon, that was in July, I think. So yeah. I mean, his that track schedule. I mean, when you when you run on that kind of level, I, I think it goes well into the summer. Now I would expect him to be able to take uh, visits in in June, and 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 he did come to Penn State for the lash bash, I believe it was at the very end of July. So he'll find time for visits, but that track schedule is going to keep him busy for sure.
0: Well, speaking of visits, as you mentioned, he could be up here this weekend. There will be some guys on campus this weekend. Penn State all but set to host its final junior day of January. And that keep in mind, the contact period ends after this week. No visitors on college campuses in February. I don't know what you're going to do with your time, Ryan. I have some ideas what I'll do with mine. But at any rate, uh, what are we looking at here? We've been teasing now for the better part of like 25 minutes that this is going to be a pretty good group. What makes that so?
1: Yeah, well, Nick Harbor, of course, I, I mean, he's the diamond, right, as I say a million times. I mean, he he's the guy that every time he's on campus, uh, it, it's a big deal. But uh, we have a handful of other top guys coming or expected to come. Uh, and I, I would say that Tony Rojas is probably that next guy right now I'm really truly expecting. Look, we have him ranked nationally in the consensus at number 324. I think if you ask Penn State, they think this guy is a potential top 100 prospect. So, uh, really just was excellent at their camp this past year. Put up some great numbers. I believe it was like a Four, 640, um, and, and another really good shuttle, which is similar to Abdul Carter. The difference, of course, is that uh, Tony Rojas is six two and a half, two hundred, uh, and Carter, of course, is two thirty plus. So that's, I think, that just speaks to you know Carter's numbers. But uh, anyone who really runs well and can play linebacker, Penn State's going to be all over. And uh, we have him still listed as a wide receiver, but that that's going to change here at one three really soon. I, I talked to some people about that the other day. Uh, he, he just actually just got back from Virginia Tech as well but um, you know right now I have Rojas as one of their top three linebacker prospects along with Tamir Robinson uh, and, and Phil Pachotti. so um, getting him back is big James Hurd's an interesting prospect I'm expecting up here from St. Joseph's Prep he's kind of a tweener 6'2", 220-ish um, I think he's a really good player and he's been excellent at all these camps uh, but just where exactly does he fit um, and 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 you know, positionally wise that that's really one, he's an edge, but at 6'2", 220, that's not really what Penn State looks for, um, similar to Eric Gardner. But I, I do think Penn State has him a little bit higher on their board. Uh, Jamil Lyons, uh, another Roman Catholic prospect is, of course, Austin Ramsey. I mentioned earlier, he's from, he's from Roman Catholic. He was up last weekend. Jamil Lyons, I've been talking about forever. He was another guy who just crushed it at their camp the last year. And uh, they wanted to see if he could prove a little bit academically and he has been. Uh, and that's why I think you're also starting to see uh, more and more offers pour in for Jamil. Over the last week or two, so that's a positive sign. Uh, we can keep it going on, man. Sadir Mitchell, spected up. Antonio Cotman, Uh London Montgomery, uh, up from Scranton, PA. You know he's starting to pick up some good offers with Rutgers, and I believe uh, was it Michigan State, maybe was another one uh, who offered him recently. So. I could keep an eye on him for an offer down the road. I know a lot of fans have been asking me about him for the longest time, and uh, you know th- he's starting to pick up some steam. So th- this should be – I think this will be the best junior day of the three. We have a lot of awesome names, I'm sure, to confirm still. But uh, whenever we're on Tuesday, and I already have you know quality four-star prospects across the board already confirmed. you got Lamont Payne, uh, Alex Birchmeyer, Joshua Miller coming up. I mean, everything has been pointing – so this weekend and this is the weekend that Penn State wants to get all their top guys here.
0: Well, that means we'll be plenty busy. They're also looking at maybe hosting a class of 2022 guy. Let's close things mm-hmm. out there. Penn State obviously not pushing a ton cuz space is very tight in the class of 2022 plus what they want to do in the transfer portal, but there is one guy we are still keeping an eye on and expecting to have on campus this weekend.
1: I asked T Frank last week, how do you pronounce his name? Go ahead. Uh I don't Frank, even have
0: a guess. I do not have a guess. I think, if I want to, I,
1: I think I, I'm sure we're all butchering it, and I and I apologize, Vega. But uh, here, here's here's what we know. Uh, he went to Washington recently, and and Washington retained uh, its offensive line court, coach. Uh, of course, he was committed to Washington previously, so. Uh, the fact that Kalen DeBoer um, is still pursuing him kept kept the offensive line coach who he was recruiting. I, I think that that could certainly have a, an impact on him moving forward, uh, but we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, now, I do know UCLA is very much still in the mix. I'll be curious to see how how that plays out. Uh, there, there was some talk about him maybe coming for a midweek visit. We'll see uh, to UCLA, of course, uh, but he is expected to be at Penn State. Uh, I know Phil Troutline flew out there on Monday night uh, and had a good visit with him. There was mixed between is, is trout wine going to go, um, you know, out to Washington? Is he going to go see Hunter Norzad? I was hearing mixed things on that, uh, but we did confirm uh, last night that that he did fly all the way out to Washington for that in-home visit, uh, you know, which 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 went well from from what we're hearing. So we'll see, man. This is an important get. As long as they can get him here, and the fact that he's traveling here with his family, you know, you you would think that that's a, a very positive sign and. You know, they, they obviously need offensive linemen, especially guys who could potentially play tackle. I'd like to get an accurate measurement on him to, to really know if he's a tackle or not because we have him at 6'4", 280. Um, I believe he's up to closer to three 300 now or even actually a little bit bigger maybe. So um, looking forward to getting an accurate measurement and, and trying to learn how the visit went. But um, Washington's very much in the mix. Penn State's still in the mix. And UCLA is trying to maybe get a midweek visit. We'll see what happens.
0: All right. Well, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for the latest Penn State recruiting news, Penn State football news, Penn State athletics news, bluewhiteillustrated.com. For Ryan Snyder, I'm Greg Pickle. We will talk to you next week and we'll see you on the message boards at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Have a good week, everyone. I'll
1: turn my messages off next time.